Paul Steinhauser reports nationally for Fox News. Good morning, New Hampshire. The Pulse of an Age, powered by Six Hour. Take it away, Paul. Hey, Jack. Good morning. And we had uh, kind of like a preview of the uh, general election this weekend. We had uh, the current president, uh, Joe Biden, down in South Carolina campaigning ahead of next uh, Saturday's Democratic primary. We had the former president, uh, Donald Trump, out in Las Vegas. Of course, they'll have a Republican primary out there in about a week and a half. And kind of a preview. Listen, the Republican primary is still going on. Nikki Haley is still in this fight for sure. But uh, in many ways, it looks like we're starting to tra- uh, you know, segue into a general election matchup between uh, Biden and Trump, the rematch from 2020, of course, Jack. You know, Paul, thank you. It's not, I think a lot of people got some rest over the weekend, some good football games on, a little bit of snow. But it seems to me the big question, I listening to Nikki Haley coming out of the weekend, her own home state, she knows it's an uphill climb for her. She did beat the current governor, McMaster's, but he is in, he's the governor. He's endorsing Trump. Tim Scott, Trump's got the sort of the Republican muscle in South Carolina. She knows it's an uphill fight, already handicapping, handicapping what she expects. They're saying she doesn't have to win, but she has to do better than New Hampshire. What does that mean? Well, she got, what, 43 percent here. I think it was 53 to 43 percent or 54 to 43 percent here, Trump over over Haley. So I guess that means she has to do a little bit better than 43 percent. Right. So doesn't have to win, but has to keep it probably to single digits. She lost by 11 points here in New Hampshire. Uh, and she says if that she does that, she'll continue on. you got Michigan a couple of days later, and then you got almost, a, well, like about 15 or 20, 15 states, I believe, on Super Tuesday, uh, in that first Tuesday in March. So, yeah, you're right. She's, uh, he's got the, Trump's got almost the entire establishment uh, of the state behind him. Uh, she, though, she, she keeps saying, Jack, she knows how to win in, in South Carolina. She did it twice statewide. Uh, so we'll see. I'll be down there on Thursday morning for a couple of days, and I'll be but, back again later in February. So but, uh, the, the primary continues, my friend. But you and I have seen uh, in a Republican primary, it's tough to beat Trump this time around. And I, and I still wonder, because I don't blame her if she stays in, because there is some merit to the thought. You, you read these stories that her big donors are telling her, hey, just stay in there. Stay in second place. Stay in there. Rack up some delegates. You never know. You never know. Because if something happened, you never know. There's only one or two people ahead of her to be present. The problem is, I don't know if she wants to lose South Carolina by double digits. That's her home state. If, does she want that to be the period on the on her presidential run, if you follow me? I, I don't know. I just don't know. I guess, you know, we'll find out. But uh, you're right. Something could happen to Donald Trump. You never know. We saw the, uh, the verdict uh, uh, in New York City uh, on Friday, right? So he's got a lot of bigger legal entanglements ahead. That's just small potatoes. So... Yeah, you know, and she does have a lot of big big donors behind her. She's going to be in New York City tomorrow where a lot of major Republican donors who never really have liked Donald Trump and have to put up with him over the years uh, will be uh, having a, a big fundraiser for her, Jack. So there is support, but you're also right. This is still Donald Trump's party, and we're seeing that play out right now real time. All right, Steiny, have a good one. Have a good Monday. Paul Steinhauser reports nationally for Fox News. Good morning, New Hampshire, the pulse of an age. Thank you, Paul. Good morning, New Hampshire, powered by Sig Sauer. Now, back to Jack Heath on the Pulse of New Hampshire. So, uh, funny thing about Michael Graham is a uh, New Hampshire journalist from South Carolina originally. So I'm going to ask him about what's going to go down there. But um, we're going to talk about some other stories. NHJournal.com, he's got posted in, a lot going on in the Middle East. But he's one of those folks that when we get a little bit of snow in New Hampshire because he's a transplant, 
he just sort of like in college, he'd go to the washing machine area, he'd leave his laundry in the in the washer for a week, hoping someone folded it. So he he doesn't <laughs> doesn't shovel his walk, he doesn't clean off the car, he doesn't plow his driveway. He just we just hopes that a neighbor's going to come by and feel sorry for him. So he sits inside and writes all this political news. Good morning, Michael. I actually have bribed a neighbor kid to do it for me because Jack, something magical happened last year. I couldn't get him to do it; he wasn't interested. This year he has a car because he's just old enough oh. to drive, and interest in girls. So Suddenly, he, that he knew, few bucks I throw him to shovel the walk, he wants that I, cabbage. I love this. I didn't know kids did like lawnmower no or I shovel. Stunned. Yeah, I didn't know that anymore. Funny when suddenly when you've got you need gas and you know money, movie money for Friday nights it's uh, it's a different world so America is not dead the greatness lingers with us so Jack you saw the two really disturbing stories over the weekend the worst one of course is that three Americans were killed and 34 others were injured when Iranian backed uh, terrorists you know used a drone strike to attack our guys in Jordan and of course this is part of the Iranian backed missiles fired at our ships in the Red Sea and at shipping and, of course, Iran backs Hamas, which you know, murdered you know, 1,200 people and Hezbollah. And then the other thing is that the United Nations Relief uh, and Work uh, Administration, UNRWA, uh, for years, critics have pointed out that it's closely linked to Hamas, closely linked to Islamist terror. Uh, the, you've probably seen these stories, Jack, where they show these horrible school books that show, like, little kids dressing up as suicide bombers and saying, kill the Jews. The teachers teaching those classes are paid by UNRWA. Well, where does UNRWA get its money? From the U.S. Where does Iran get its money? From sanctions policies that have changed. Uh, President Trump tightened sanctions, refused to fund this UNRWA group. Uh, President Obama and President Biden reduced sanctions, let money flow to Iran, let money flow to this UNRWA group. And at every step of the way, one of the key players sitting on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, Senate uh, uh, Armed Services Committee, and now the Appropriations Committee, Senator Gene Shaheen. Senator Gene Shaheen backed all the policies that sent this money that allowed Iran to kill Americans and allowed the UNRWA employees to literally participate directly in the October 7th attack. That's what we found out this weekend, is that 12 people are under investigation for their support and involvement in the murderous attack on October 7th, and that's U.S. So what do they have in common? American money. How do they get that American money? With the votes of about 45 Democrats, including Senator Gene Sheehan. Well, again, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting because a lot of these things do have tentacles and all that. Um, what, okay, what, one, one more thing for you, yeah, I do want to talk about something too, but I just want to point something out. Yeah. Why don't people get asked about the consequences of their policies? Forget politics. Look, Obama and the Democrats, including Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, uh, uh, Andy Custer, they had a theory. Let Iran have more money and wealth and things will get better. And what has happened since then? And, Iran has used the money to murder Americans. And, and, by the back way, of- and by the way, John Kerry and Secretary of State, I mean, is a queer policy it's a long, it's is placate, long, placate and appease yeah, exactly. Tehran. And then, yeah. and then we tried something else. Trump came in and said, we're not giving UNRWA this money because of their ties to terrorism. We stopped it. Senator Shaheen wrote a letter begging him, please, Mr. President, this is an outrage. You can't stop the funding, Shaheen said. Please send money to Iran. You can't tighten the sanctions, she said. She supported the Iran deal. And guess what happened? Iran was in a much worse shape. There was less violence for four years. Now we're back. We see more violence. 
I'm not picking on Senator Shaheen as a person. She's just our local stand-in because she's our U.S. senator for an entire view of how to handle the Middle East that is clearly wrong. And I'm so annoyed, whether it's the Boston Globe, the New York Times, the Texas Wanker Weekly. Why aren't you asking your local representatives in Congress who got it wrong and got Americans killed to say something about it? Just explain. But the comment we got from Senator Shaheen is always no comment, refuse to speak. The voters, what do I care? So there we are. South Carolina, let's do it. Well, so you know the state so well. It just seems to me it feels a little bit like we're talking about the makeup of the state. A little bit like going to New Hampshire. Trump's got a big lead, strong lead. In fact, he's got more because we, you know, our, our our establishment here, other than Governor Sununu, and Trump was never going to get his endorsement. Um, it's really all with Trump. It looks like uh, he's got Tim Scott as well, the governor, and Nikki Haley. This is her home state, but it's an uphill climb for her, and she acknowledged that over the weekend. So my question is, does she see it through? Is there enough donor pressure on her to come in second and just stay in, hang in there? She's already downplaying expectations. She doesn't have to win. She just has to gain momentum and do better than New Hampshire. Or does she not like what she – is there a big, big wall for her in South Carolina, or can she do better than she did in New Hampshire? How big is the wall in South Carolina? So I grew up in, in rural South Carolina where I spent my formative years running from large, hairy people named Bubba, uh, many of them women. And <laughs> I will tell you that growing up in the precinct that was the highest vote support for David Duke when he ran for president back in 1992 oh, yeah. outside of Louisiana – that Nikki Haley is not going to find a lot of friends in South Carolina when it comes to confronting Trump. It's not that they hate Haley. It's that Trump is their guy. If South Carolina could have invented a candidate for president other than the New York stuff, it would have been Donald Trump. So it's identity politics. That's their identity. It's a pick-em-up truck kind of state. He's a pick-em-up truck kind of candidate. So that's, that's that. Of course, I'm sure you saw the, new, the poll that came out of the weekend that Trump has a 27-point lead. Uh, as far as they're staying in, you know, I, one of the things that, and Jack, you're good about this too, you remind people there's no rule. That, you know, well, hey, you lost New Hampshire, you have to get out. You lost your home state, you have to get out. There's no rule. Look, you're on the ballot. It, uh, uh, Chris Christie and, and uh, you know, Ron DeSantis were on the ballot here in New Hampshire. I'm sure they'll still be on the ballot in South Carolina. It's, just, it's a matter of what you choose to do. She has a, some deep-pocketed people who want her to stay in the race, at least through Super Tuesday, as kind of a backup parachute. You know, Trump had a bad day in court, you know, the other day, the $83 million order. He's got a lot of days in court coming up. Is it possible that something in court, you know, fundamentally changes the race? Not likely, but possible. And also, let me ask you if you agree with me on this, Jack. I think the most likely thing to change the Republican nominee is if Joe Biden is no longer able to be the Democratic nominee. If something happened with his health, and I don't know if you saw this weekend, he looked even worse than he has. Uh, if something happens where he can't keep running, and he's suddenly gone, I think Republicans will rethink their support for Donald Trump if they're suddenly looking at a different, younger, more capable nominee, say a California governor or a Michigan governor or something like that. Interesting. All right, Michael. What do you think? Do you think, they would stick, do you think Republicans would stick with Trump if there's no Biden? I, I think that they're locked in like this. Well, I think I think the concept. I think, pack, the, I, think, I, mean? I think the concept on both sides. More importantly, and the power is to be behind both sides. Although Trump has a different power base behind him, his support is his supporters. Biden is it, it's his political party and the DNC and the White House. He's got the current White House. 
the, the conventional wisdom is, wisdom is it's Biden and Trump again. So it's hard to picture an equation, right. although I've questioned all along, and I asked Trump this in my interview with him last Tuesday, if it's going to end up being Joe Biden, because I just look at his stage and age in life. So, but I don't know. I don't know. That's so a good here's, question. What, here's what I, who would I point to the exit polls here in New Hampshire. About a third of the voters in the Republican primary identified themselves as MAGA. But Trump got about 54% of the vote. So that's another 20-whatever percent who aren't. They don't think MAGA. They just like Trump, or they think he can win. Or, you know what I'm saying? They're making pragmatic political decisions. I think if you pull out Biden, all of a sudden, it's like that, what's that game, Jenga with the, the wood, you, know, you pull out the thing, that once you pull out Biden, the whole case for Trump, if it doesn't collapse, it certainly shifts. And I think that that, you know, what, what am I expecting? I'm expecting us to be stuck with Trump and Biden. That's what I'm expecting. But I can see why people would say, you know what, Nikki Haley, it's a few million bucks. Let's keep you in the race. Let's see what happens. And that way, if we do need to make a change, we don't have an ugly fight. We have you, but the Democrats have an ugly fight because they are never going to go with uh, Kamala Harris. So that's, that's, an, that's an argument, a case that rich Republicans might make. All right, Michael, go out and pay the kid. <laughs> Dr. Vick's out there speaking of good news. And, of course, his book is out, his latest book, that is. You know, when he's written so many books, he probably forgets The Generalist, a host of Navigating Uncertainty. Dr. Vick, Vicar Amanchuramani, a regular contributor, a good friend, good part of the show, good part of the Pulse of NH, and checking in on a beautiful Monday in terms of the snow-covered trees out there. Dr. Vick, good morning. Good morning, Jack. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I started this morning up in Lincoln and obviously drove uh, – my daughter here to crotch it and just dropped her off. But it's fascinating. I've seen sort of the light, very dusty snow up north, the heavier snow as you get further south through Concord. And then here, in, you know, I just dropped her off in Greenfield, really heavy, thick stuff over here. So uh, it, it's interesting when you get to drive the state in, uh, on a day like today. But, yeah. All right. Hey, um, well, we got a lot going on in the Middle East. And we get a little bit of a breather coming out of New Hampshire's presidential primary until the, I think the next big one beyond Nevada will be South Carolina about a month from now. Let's go back to the economy. Key earnings, yes. you know, we're going into remember tax. That, remember that? Yeah, remember yeah. Remember that? Yeah. The economy. <laughs> um, some key data coming out. I know New Hampshire, we still have, a, you know, extremely one of the lowest unemployment rates in the country per capita. But, Dr. Vic, yep. you know, here we are in January, the last, the final days of January. The housing market, which I look at as such a key barometer, things are sitting. Not not a lot of inventory. That's what I hear in New Hampshire. Not a lot of inventory. Things are sitting. Um, things may pick up this spring. Fed may cut the re, you know cut the interest rate. But overall, I'm still trying to figure out and scratch my head. This is an economy that for the last year or so I've been unable to sort of sort of understand where it's going. You you study these socioeconomic trends. Take it over. What what are you what are you seeing as we get into 2024? What should people expect? Yeah, so look, uh, I think a couple things. The Fed is going to hold the keys, Jack, to a lot of the trajectory here. And, you know, they're going to be facing some political pressure to lower rates rapidly to help spur this economy. And yet they're going to watch the job market, frankly, more than anything else, to see whether we see weakness there. Um, And if we continue to have strength in the job market – there will be questions about whether they should start lowering rates because that might reintroduce some inflation. So that's what they're going to be worried about. This week we have some really interesting economic data coming out. What I'm watching is what's happening in the, the, the tech companies and their earnings. So big week, the tech companies have really supported the financial markets. The S&P 500, I think if you took out the top seven companies last year, 
and then you looked at the S&P 500 performance without those seven companies, it was not nearly as good as it was with those seven big tech companies. So we're going to be watching that. This week we got Google and some others reporting. Um, but the other big thing this week is the Fed. The Fed is going to telegraph something. Not expected to cut rates yet, but what do they say about potential rate cuts? Do they see them coming immediately, sooner or later? Are they worried about weakness? Are they seeing inflation? How do they think about geopolitics? Oil prices creeping back up. Does that mean inflation's coming? All of those things. The, the Biden's ban on LNG exports. Um, you know, is that going to change things? Is that going to reduce inflation? What is that going to do? So all of these things I'm watching to see what the Fed comments on, if any of them. Uh, and then, of course, I'm watching the, the tech earnings. Yeah, earnings are always important. I'm wondering, too, um, how, as we get into a presidential year, whether it's Biden and Trump again or not, how important pocketbook and wallet and, and, and the economy issues are going to be juxtaposed to foreign policy with what's going on in the Middle East and obviously still in Ukraine and China? Yeah, Jack, yeah look, Jack, I, I can tell you, pocketbook issues always drive voters. Now, the key, I think, is for... You know, if someone wants to make foreign policy a dynamic, you got to connect that back to how it impacts voters. Um, and so, you know, if, if candidates want to make foreign policy an issue, they got to say, hey, listen, foreign policy over there causing our energy prices to be higher than they otherwise would be, resulting in higher prices for you than it otherwise would be. A safer world with a strong America equals less inflation, actually. Right. I think those connections need to be made. Um, and you got to make it about freedom and some of the other dynamics that make it relevant to people here. Uh, but look, economics, foreign policy, both relevant, but I think pocketbook issues, the well, things that affect people day to day are more important. I'll tell you another one that's cutting right through the noise and becoming a more of a hot button issue for both parties, seriously, uh, and Congress is, is the crisis at the southern border. That's now getting to Joe Q and Mary Q, you know, uh, yeah. Main, Main Street. You know, New Hampshire, Maine, you know, the country, uh, Main Street. Yep. Yeah, well, Jack, you saw from the exit polls last week during the primary, exit polls indicated top two issues for virtually, you know, large portions of the uh, of the voting base in the New Hampshire primary were, number one, the economy, number two, the border, or it might have been the other way around, but very close in terms of 30-some-odd percentage, 30% of the voters uh, said economy number one issue, 30-something percent of the voters, borders the number one issue, or immigration policy. So, yes, I agree with you. It totally is. And it's becoming, unfortunately, very politicized, right? Yeah. I mean, over the weekend, you hear about all this stuff. I don't support this deal because it's not a great deal. But it's better than no deal. Should we do it? Should we not do it? Et cetera. Uh, so, unfortunately, I think you're right. And, unfortunately, it's also becoming political football. And, finally, you got to know Nikki Haley and all the candidates pretty well here, just on the political front. I heard the yep. former governor of South Carolina sort of downplaying expectations coming out of this weekend, talking about her own race in South Carolina against Trump, where Trump apparently has the upper hand again. And we know how well and how strongly he does in a Republican primary among his base. Do you, Dr. Vic, navigating uncertainty, tell us uh, who the topic is this week. Do you think Nikki Haley stays in through her home state of South Carolina? I know her donors wanted to stay in there, even if it's second all the way along, just in case. Or do you think she drops out before? No, I, you know, my gut instinct, Jack, and it's nothing other than a gut instinct, is based on what she has said publicly, which is staying in through South Carolina. She knows that state really well. 
Um, you know, it's an open primary, Jack, so that also makes it a little complicated. So, yes, Donald Trump polls really well with the Republicans, but independents get to vote in South Carolina. And, in fact, anyone who doesn't vote in the Democratic primary, so some Democrats probably won't vote in that primary, will be available to vote in that Republican primary. So I don't think there's a lot of those. I think it's a large independent and then, of course, the Republican. So we'll see. Uh, she has said she's staying really through Super Tuesday at the very minimum. And, um, you know, we'll see. I think that's the that's not one that's easy to call. But I think based on those dynamics, I'm going to take her at her uh, at her word and say she's staying through uh, Super Tuesday. All right. Who's on the uh, podcast this week? Well, so we had Brad Card on, um, and we did a nice conversation with Brad, a recap of the New Hampshire primary, as well as just Brad's fascinating background. For those that know Brad from listening to your show, just grew up in an amazingly engaged civic uh, yeah. political family. Um, and so hearing stories about growing up, uh, how, you know, at one point, I think three or four of his siblings were chiefs of staff, the major political figures, uh, at the same time he was. Just a fascinating story. So we were supposed to play him uh, – I guess on the pulse this past weekend, but the Bruins bumped him, which I think he would appreciate. Uh, but we'll get uh, we'll get Brad playing this week, and we may get another guest in there too. So that's what we. All right, Doctor Victor, drive safe. A great stuff on the economy. Thank you. All right, thanks, Jack. Jason uh, Campadonia in for Aaron Real, missing his radio national correspondent. We know the matchup is now. We know what the, the you know the Niners held on or came back. A big big uh, second half for the Niners, Chiefs. What to expect? Who's the early favorite? And Jason. You know, you love food and entertainment. I can't I can't even picture the big game being in Vegas. Can you imagine the next two weeks in Vegas, how crazy it's going to be for the hotels, the casinos, the restaurants, you name it. Take it away, Jason. You know, I, I don't want to be anywhere near that because it's going to be so crazy. <laughs> you know, Vegas is just a few hours from where I'm at, and it's like, do I drive there? Do I? No, no thanks. I, I'm good. Uh, it should be a huge game. Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you mentioned their defense. That really is the big takeaway from that game. They, they really did shut down the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and the San Francisco 49ers, they came out flat. And Detroit came out with something to prove. And it was really fun to watch those guys get it. And you almost started pulling for them, you know, the underdog and never been to a Super Bowl. And, hey, maybe this really is their chance and this is going to be fun. And then all of a sudden the 49ers woke up and they started kicking butt like they're like what we're used to seeing. Yeah. and what we saw throughout the rest of the, the middle of the season. So the early favorite right now is San Francisco 49ers are favored by two well, that's, to win. That's a toss-up, yeah. It really is a toss-up as of right now. And that number is going to fluctuate. Um, you know, guys are going to go to the Pro Bowl and hang out and goof around there. It is in Vegas. There's a potential for people getting arrested and doing stupid stuff. Uh, you know, the NFL has said absolutely no gambling when you're there on official business um, for the players. So that's kind of one of those things they're trying to curtail <laughs> uh, some of the behavior that uh, is possible uh, in a city like Las Vegas. So it's going to be very interesting. And, you know, if, if somebody gets hurt over the next couple of weeks, somebody may contract COVID because that's still floating around. You know, it's kind of one of those things where, they're the early favorite, but only if they come out like the Niners we know. Not the Niners against the Packers, not the Niners against the Lions. They're going to have to come out and play like they did at the end of the game yesterday where they were smash-mouth type of football. They weren't letting anything get past them on the defense. 
and they're going to have to keep their eye on Patrick Mahomes. That guy can, you know, he passes the ball behind his back sometimes. I mean, that's that's hard to that's hard yeah, to stop. Yeah, he's he's amazing. You know, the other thing, um, Jason, that I I was amazed. I said to J Dog earlier. You know, the Patriots in the past when they were away, they'd have some people go to Foxborough to watch a game. I've seen the Toronto Maple Leafs in the NHL. When they were in the playoffs, I feel bad for Toronto. They always seem to blow it. But they'd have like, or when they had a home game, they'd have like 30,000 people outside the arena in Toronto just watching the big screens. That shot yesterday in Detroit at their home field, 60,000, 70,000 people there just watching the jumbotrons of their home team says a lot about the Detroit and the and Motor City support for these lines. Absolutely. And like I said, you know, you start to pull for them. You're saying, hey, wow. You know, this is amazing. And I like Dan Campbell. He may have a mouth on him and then it may get him in trouble. But I like Dan Campbell as a leader. Some head coaches are defense guys. Some head coaches are offense guys. Dan Campbell is an emotional guy. And you kind of like him because all he wants is the best for his players. And he wants the best performances because he knows their best performances are better than anybody else out there. And that's the kind of leader you want. You want somebody to believe in you like that. And he really has that. So I think there's some controversy over some, hey, should we kick a field goal or should we go for two or should we go for yeah. a touchdown? It's, you know, I loved after the game he goes, I made the decision, that was the decision, and this is the outcome. I'm okay with it. I don't regret it. Yeah, I was like, you know what? I respect him. It may yeah. be the wrong call, but I respect that he's sticking with it. Hey, imagine if we had more people like that in Washington, D.C.? <laughs> I'll speak to football. I won't speak to politics. Now, you said you're a few hours outside of Vegas. Where are you? I'm in Los Angeles. All right. Thank you, Jason. Great stuff. NBC News. Thank right, you. Thank you. NBC News national correspondent talking a little bit about the big game. You know, very important blood drive coming up, and um, I'm going to bring in a great friend of ours. It's a good day for this because, ironically, Renee Plummer uh, and her, can't believe I'm saying her late husband, Dan, did so much for veterans and veterans count, and it's great that we have this young person coming up later on. She would love this. Renee would love this. A young junior in high school who's come up with this idea of fishing for freedom to help our veterans and veterans count, and he's coming into our studios. I can't wait to say hi to Wyatt and hear about this. But speaking about Easter Seals and the American Red Cross, Renee, good friend of mine, good friend of the show, good friend of the states, not only veterans, but just has a, uh, an incredible appreciation and passion now for spreading the word because until you need a blood donation, yeah. we don't think about it. We most people, and I said I got a buddy who's getting a surgery this morning down in Boston. He probably's going to need some blood after the surgery, and someone would have donated that. So she has a special appreciation, is a wonderful um, um, offering here on Thursday to donate, and make a difference. I think it's Thursday, but I wanted Renee on this morning, kind of a last minute booking to talk all about this, and um, and even at. Um, Dan Palmer's service and funeral, um, the back of the program, I recall, uh, she had um, in her, for her own family and all the people there, the importance of donating blood in the American Red Cross. Good morning, Renee. Hi, Jack. So, you know, it, even though Danny had passed away from stage four pancreatic cancer, initially when he, we were, he was rushed to the hospital, his blood, um, his HGB had gone down to like 5'2", which is sort of unheard of. So he immediately needed three blood transfusions. This is before we knew anything about the cancer. And through the last 22 months 
we spent a lot of time in and out of the hospital. There were always blood transfusions that he needed. And I realized, yes, if you want to give to American Cancer, you know, um, please do give, give to all of those that are important to you. But a, a blood transfusion, when you give blood, you literally are giving a life because there are so many people that need blood. And it doesn't cost anything, Jack. So, you know, it, I'm pleased, I'm thrilled that Easter Seals is doing this uh, on Thursday uh, at their offices at 555 Auburn Street. And if you want to come and give blood, okay, please go on to the redcrossblood.org. That's redcrossblood.org. And enter Easter Seals to schedule an appointment. Um, I will be there. There are a lot of people that are signing up to go ahead and give blood. And it's just so, uh, so needed. You know, when you hear about these blood drives because blood has gone down, I can't tell you how many times in the middle of the night yeah. Danny needed blood. Yeah. And, and it, it, it was just, oh, my goodness, it's the only thing that I could have done was rush him to the hospital to go ahead and get that transfusion. And there's probably a lot of people out there mm. that need it, like your friend that's going uh, into surgery this morning. Mm -hmm. You need to have that blood there. It yeah. doesn't cost anything yeah. to go ahead and to donate blood. So I will be there. I know that um, they are going to do this again. Easter Seals is going to do this again May 8th. There's going to be another blood drive. But if you're around and you see blood drives, you know, in the community um, or, or just call American Red Cross and find out. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's it's it, you know, this one happens to be it will be in memory of my Danny. Um, but I'm just, you know, asking people, right. please come and give blood. It's just needed so, so much. I'm not talking about dollars. I'm talking about just giving up yeah. yourself. So Thursday again, when physically where all that? It, it is at 555 Auburn Street in Manchester, New Hampshire. This is the Easter Seals yeah, um, headquarters. Their headquarters. And it starts at 10 o'clock to 3. You have to schedule an appointment because they have the beds in there. Um, you know, and maybe they, you get so many phone calls that they'll put on a few more beds. But there will be another drive May 8th. And, and there are drives all over, all over the, uh, the state. So call, call American Red Cross and... Um, Give blood, save yeah. lives, give a life. It's yeah. uh, it's easy, you know. It's just it's so so needed. Without that, those blood transfusions, Danny wouldn't have made it till June. I mean January. Let's see, seventeenth of two thousand twenty-two. Mm, yeah, I, I, I mean, mean it's, it's he wouldn't life. have made it through the night. Yeah, it's life. And you know the thing, mm. Renee, I'm struck at is. Um, technology and all the advancements but it still takes a human being to donate blood oh. i mean you can't synthetically match no. certain types and real blood and when your body when you need blood and i remember when i had governor sununu on my show the first interview we did after he got a surprise um he had a oh. i think he didn't know yeah. it but he had a bleeding ulcer and he had yeah. lost a lot of blood I, and quite yeah. a bit actually he didn't know it and he had no idea just how sick he became and how serious mm. and how long it takes and, and how fragile and how important getting those pints of blood are because you can't, I mean, literally can't live without it. No, 
Yeah. Now, and yeah, you can't do a uh, an AI can't come in and help, or mm-hmm. you know Zuckerberg can't come in and do it with Facebook, or Bill Bill Gates can't come in with the Microsoft. You can't do it. You yeah. need a human. Yeah. You just somebody walk in and give of themselves, give that pint of blood. Well, best it's of luck Thursday, and uh, amazing. Thank you very uh, like much. I, said, I will be there. Well, that's a so that's please. a that's a warning. That's a good one. Hey. Um, <laughs> Before yeah. I let you go, how cool is this? You haven't met this young guy. I haven't met him either. He's coming in at 11. Wyatt Varney is a junior at Prospect Mountain High School. J-Dog tells me that's in Alton, New Hampshire. And speaking of Easter Seals, he's come up with this idea, Fishing for Freedom, to help our veterans, a high school student. Isn't that pretty cool? How, how did he get that? What a great Well, I'm going to find out at 11. Playing. Yeah, I'm going to find All out right. at 11. All right. You have a good uh, Monday. Take care. Rory and Naomi, News Radio National Correspondent, can help me out here. Tell me to calm down. Also talk about the Middle East and Ukraine. Good morning, Rory. Yeah, Jack, good morning. Uh, we're still waiting to see uh, more confirmation as to how the U.S. will respond to those weekend strikes in Jordan where three U.S. troops were killed. Uh, we heard from the national security spokesman, even the defense secretary this morning, uh, who are still being pretty vague about how the U.S. will react Do we identify and target just the militants uh, who conducted this raid over the weekend using a drone? Do we go after Iran for funding this militant faction? Uh, And what exactly would we strike? So all those discussions are still being held. Uh, Meanwhile, when it comes to Ukraine, this goes back to that larger discussion about the border bill you're still talking about. The two are tied together, and whether or not funding for Ukraine from the U.S. can be delivered will really likely depend now on the outcome of this border question. Well, Rory, you know, well, Rory, you know, you've heard me say I'm not president, nor do I want to be, but we not only strike the militants involved, but they've been behind, Tehran's been behind Hamas, Hezbollah, the Red Sea stuff, Syria, now Jordan. Not only strike them, but we need to do a blockade or something more serious around Tehran to tell them we've had enough, because I'll tell you right now, they're just going to keep doing it. But anyway, thank you, Rory. Thanks, Jack. we got a very nice uh, young person who's coming to the studios this morning. Um. And I thank Aaron on our team, Aaron Hahn, for this, who Aaron, by the way, is an Air Force veteran. Aaron's on our Benny Media team. But nice enough to bring in Wyatt Varney, from, uh, who's a junior, I believe, at uh, Prospect Mountain High School in Alton, New Hampshire. And he's come, come up with this great idea, Fishing for Freedom, an ice fishing derby coming up in February to support our veterans and veterans count, something that I do my annual 12-hour radiothon for each year in May part of Easter Seals, Veterans Count, VetsCount.org. First of all, uh, Wyatt, thanks for coming into our studios on this uh, Monday morning. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Jack, for having me. I appreciate it a lot. It's good to be here. Well, tell me a little about you. You're, what, a junior at Prospect Mountain High School, and is it in Alton? Yes, it is in Alton. However, I live in Barnstead because it's a joint school. Okay. Tell me. Tell us a little about yourself, what you're, uh, what you're, what you're interested in, you're a junior. I, don't worry, you don't have to say what you want to do when you grow up, because I know people in their 60s that are still trying to figure that out. But uh, just tell us a little bit about Fishing for Freedom. What, how did this all come about? Take it away. So I'm in the National Honor Society, and pretty much we focus a lot on community and support around each other and academics. So we were all assigned to do a community project. In brainstorming, I was thinking about doing something fishing-related, as that's a big part of my life. It's something I've always enjoyed doing um so eventually i settled on the idea of doing an ice fishing derby for veterans and it kind of just took off from there i mean i've had a lot of support from people around me and local businesses like 
fishtails and they've been contributing a lot whether it's prizes or time to help me set up and it's been pretty great well Wyatt what's I want to talk about the fishing in a moment because I got this great sheet here Suncook Lake Lake where you live in Barnstead Saturday February 17th it all happens sunrise to 3 30 p.m. We're going to talk about, you know, what you think, what, 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 I want to know what kind of fish are in that lake beyond like trout and some, some other stuff. But real quickly, you want to do good. Thank you. Why veterans? Well, I just think it's important to give back and support the people who have been supporting our country and not forget that everything they've done for us. So veterans, why veterans? Veterans, they've always supported us in our country. And I think it's important not to forget to support them as well. And I think veterans count is a great foundation that focuses on that, and I love what they do. I, I applaud you for it. Okay, we're going to have a 50-50 raffle, first, second, third place prizes. Um, so I'm guessing you probably got some yellow perch, white perch, maybe some pickerel. What else is in uh, Suncook Lake? So, yeah, those three species. Suncook Lake also has a lot of big black crappie in there, if you can find them. Um, largemouth, smallmouth bass, which... I fish for in the summer, but you can't Good for you. fish for in um, ice fishing derbies, which is a little disappointing. But there are rainbow trout, although I've never caught one out of there. It's not going to be a target species in the tournament. It's just going to be pickerel, yellow perch, white perch, and black crappie. Now, how much a ticket if someone wants to fish on February 17th, pretty much sunrise to 3.30 p.m., Barnstead, Suncook Lake? How much to, uh, to get into the tournament? It's going to be $15 per entry ticket and one ticket per person. All veterans fish for free. There are still asked to fill out a ticket. That way we have their information and like a way to contact them. All right, tell us a little bit about Prospect Mountain High School. So our high school's young. It's only 20 years old. I mean, there's been a lot of change recently. We had the same principal for almost all 20 of those years who just recently departed, but we're building back up strong, and I think we have a really good community at Prospect. We focus a lot on grit and academic curiosity, and I think it builds a unique and creative environment aaron just sent me a picture of you catching uh one of, one of the fish in uh, suncook lake um tell me about your background and family because you're a national Order society student a junior correct yes and you're organizing this fishing for freedom event ice ice fishing derby in support of veterans veterans count all proceeds and the 50 50 raffle will go to support veterans count you can learn more about veterans count at vetscount.org or Easter Seals, <clears throat> New Hampshire. But talk a little bit about your background and caring about the community. Where does that come from, Wyatt? Well, I've always appreciated the community because I feel like whenever I need something, I'm able to reach out and they'll support me. So I want to be able to give back to them as well. And fishing's always been something that I've been linked to uh, like throughout my childhood and now, and I have great passion in it. So I figured I'd combine the two to make a unique project. Any of your buddies helping you in high school? Any friends you got involved in this? Um, yes, mainly. Actually, she whispered over to me and gave me the idea when we were first tasked with these projects of doing an ice fishing derby. Um, Alexis Wilson is going to help out the day of, as well as coordinating many things. My brother, Broden Varney's friend, Sean Luke, has been giving me a hand coming up with various ideas and tasks, and just my family as well, pitching in and helping out wherever they can. This time of year in New Hampshire, you can go skiing snowboarding, snowmobiling, you name it, riding, hiking, walking, but you can also do some ice fishing. There's going to be a wonderful ice fishing derby held Saturday, February 17th, 
Suncook Lake in Barnstead, New Hampshire. The person who's organizing, it's in our studios. He's a junior at Prospect Mountain High School in Alton, New Hampshire, Wyatt Varney. And it's benefiting Veterans Count and Veterans because they do so much in their veteran service programs at Easter Seals, New Hampshire, VetsCount.org. That's who we help on our my big 12 hours in May on Make 12 Hours Count, our radiothon. We should get Wyatt back, Aaron Hahn, that day when in our studios because he probably would help. But Wyatt came up with this idea to help veterans, and he's back in our studios. Wyatt, thanks again. Thank you. So, Aaron, you served in the Air Force, and you brought this to our attention, this interview. So thank you. You're welcome. What yeah, caught so, your eye about this story? Yeah, Because so, there's a lot of things of virtue here. Yeah, so basically, I know Eric's uh, dad. He's one of my clients, and he mentioned we were talking about some. Uh, is it few, Eric or Wyatt? Eric is his dad. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yep. And uh, so I was talking with him about some future uh, campaigns and stuff, and he brought this up with me. And he's like, "Hey, my son Wyatt is doing this fishing tournament, and it's gonna. He wants to." Uh, he wants the proceeds to go to a veterans organization. He's like, and knowing I was a veteran, he asked me, Hey, who would you like to, mm-hmm. who, who's a good organization? There's so many of them. And I'm like, that's an easy, that's an easy question. Um, veterans count all the way. And, uh, here, that's where we are, uh, now. And I think this is great because it, you know, we, we talk about the younger generation and stuff like that, but you know, there are good, there are good, uh, guys out there in, in the these future generations I, I just thought it was great that this young man um who's a national honor society he's doing this fishing derby and he decides yeah i want this to benefit veterans and so i applaud wyatt for his efforts yeah and also uh aaron thank you again um wyatt said before the break his friend alexis whispered the idea to him so he's not even taking full credit which tells me he's humble he's got virtue he cares about the community. Yeah. So Eric did some. Eric and uh, Wyatt's mom did something good here, something right, right? Plus absolutely. Wyatt's a, plus Wyatt's a great name, right? Yeah, absolutely. Wyatt's a great name. Um, yeah, and you know his. Who's dad... going to mess with a guy named Wyatt from Prospect Mountain High School, right? <laughs> exactly. I liked your uh, Yellowstone reference earlier. It yeah. sounds like something out of a script. All right, so let's do the who uh, put the sales hat on Wyatt and. Tell people why they should take part, and if they can't even go, I'm sure there's a way to do it. Fifteen bucks tickets, you get first, second, third prizes, fifty-fifty raffle, and it's uh, February seventeenth, sunrise to three thirty, and all kinds of great stuff in there. Pickerel, yellow, uh, both yellow and white perch, black crappies, you name it. Take it away, Wyatt. I mean, why would you not want to go? I mean, even if you've never gone ice fishing before, you have to know someone who has or could teach you and show you the ropes. So I think. No matter who you are, what your experience is, you should come out and give it a shot. It's only $15 a head, and that's not much, especially for fishing derbies in New Hampshire, and all the proceeds are going to veterans count. We're going to be running a 50-50 raffle the same day, so that'll be announced at the end of the day. You have to be present in order to collect it. Uh, We have a bunch of prizes rolling in, high-value stuff. I mean, Fishtails donated a giant jet sled last night along with jig rod bait bucket gift card and they're really just going all out for us barry's baits donated gift cards uh pops clamshell in alton bay new hampshire donated some gift certificates and we still have more prizes rolling in so there's lots of great rewards lots of great opportunity it should just be a really good fun day plus you get to meet wyatt <laughs> right i mean absolutely 
Right. Now, Wyatt, you're, you're, you're too young to answer this question, but if you maybe not. What are you thinking about doing, you know, after, after high school? You mentioned community passion, giving back. You're helping veterans. You're a junior in high school. Um, you've, have you thought about joining the military, or have you just thought about, you know, aerospace? I mean, are you, are you even thinking about school after and all that? Any thoughts? I am thinking about school after. I want to attend a four-year college. Um, I want to do something engineering-based, okay. probably civil or, like, mechanical, and that's the path I'm leaning towards. Awesome. You know, one thing not to overlook, I'm not going to put my sales hat on, but um, you love to fish, right? I do, yes. I fish competitively. You know, New Hampshire Fishing Game would love a young candidate like this, right, coming up? Absolutely. Get your own pickup truck. You get a whole area to patrol Wyatt. You'd be telling people how to do it safely. I could picture you out there and uh, fishing game. What do you think? Your parent? No, I'm kidding. You're, you're more in the engineering road? I can't say that ha- that thought has not crossed my mind because it has. Well, I'm just telling hey, you. he's so good on radio. He, he'd do good on TV too, right? Yeah, on the TV, North, North, what is <laughs> Northwoods it? Northwoods Law? Yeah. No, but I'm just saying it's just uh, some of these agencies are just thirsty uh, for young people who care, understand, willing to do the work. Um, so again, Prospect Mountain High School, about how many students total? I mean, you may not know. I'm just curious. Small, medium, size. you say it's a couple communities in the area? Yeah, it's, it's Barnstead and Alton combined, but it's, it's still a small school, probably four to 500 students, I believe. Yeah. And you like it? I do like it a lot. I, I mean, it was a huge step up for middle school. I think just a lot changed for me and a lot more opportunities. And our school does a very good job providing students with what they need on their individual paths. Uh, J-Dog, I don't want to put you on the spot. I'm not saying you're an ice fisherman. Don't you? Do you have a niece that goes to school? I do. Yes. Your brother's kid. Yep. All right. Alexis. Does yep. she like it? She's a junior. She loves it. Wait a minute. It. Was she the one? Wait a minute. He said Alexis gave him the idea. No. This is different. Alexis. Alexis. Different Alexis. You mean yeah. there's two Alexis at Prospect Mountain High there, School? There could be more. I don't know how many. Why? How many, is there more than two? Uh, he's counting. Two thousand probably. Two thousand. Look at this. Two thousand. My daughter attends there as well. She's oh, a really? sophomore. Yeah, Nina. Hey, let's talk about um, his dad for a moment, Eric. What's his business? Let's promote it. So he's with uh, Hampshire Fire, and uh, so he's in charge of the division up in Saco, Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, they're ex- they expanded Hampshire up there. Fire? What's that? Hampshire Fire. They do all the uh, fire suppression systems. Oh, cool. Yeah. In fact, they did our building here in Concord. Oh, awesome. And Maine. Was Eric, did Eric serve the military? No, no I, he, I don't. No, I did not, no. Nope. But well, yeah, great guy, though. Well, Aaron from our team here, thank you for- I got a, one more question yeah, no, for you, you Wyatt. Take, but we have time. Wyatt, um- if I want to fish in this, what do I do? Do I have to register in advance, or do I just well, show up on that rod, day? Well, you bring a rod, Aaron. <laughs> so, so the best part is, is we're keeping it simple. It's just going to be morning of from Perfect. sunrise until 10 a.m. Tickets are available. After that, you're out of luck. We're just trying to keep it straightforward, so it's one access point. You'll be able to buy tickets at the Narrows Road boat launch or over on the public beach on Upper Suncook Lake. Great. So I can just show up that morning. What time should I show up? 15 bucks. That's it, right? Sunrise. I mean, it starts at sunrise, so the sooner you get there, the better spot you get, the more fish you catch. Perfect. 15 bucks. Aaron, just because it's you, you can start at midnight. Yeah. <laughs> I get, get, the, I get hey, a you know, Earlier the better. $15. I love, I love it. Uh, again, uh, hey, Wyatt, if someone heard this, they want to contact, is there, you know, can they, can they do you have a, um, I guess there's an email, right? Yeah, so I have an event post up on Facebook, too, which has contact information. You can message me on Facebook from there or my cell phone or email. Awesome. Well, we're happy to support this, Wyatt. Thank you for the leadership. Thank Alexis, uh, your family, uh, National Honor Society, Helping Veterans Count, a Fishing Derby, Sun Cook Lake, Barnstead, 
Saturday, February 17th, sunrise to 3.30. They got prizes, 50-50 raffle. Thank you, Wyatt. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you, J-Dog. Tom Raphael, President and CEO of Northeast Delta Dental, Delta Dental Radio, and author of his latest book, Stories from the Starting Line with an Addendum. Good news Monday following Wyatt's great story. Take it away, Tom. Good morning. Good morning, Jack. You can tell from my voice that I had a busy weekend, so we'll start with the real super fun stuff. And I know you're a huge dog lover. So on Sunday, we had this race, over 100 people in Hoppington, to raise funds for Grand State Dog Recovery. So we had a Black Shepherd pup um, who came from uh, a kennel, and we didn't have an opportunity to familiarize ourselves with the dog. We love dogs, as you do. So about a year ago at this time, one of the coldest uh, weeks of the year, we, we, we brought her home, and then out she went, and she was gone for six days. It made the Concord Monitor news. But in any event, Grand State Recovery, dog recovery, has a scientific me- method of being able to retrieve dogs. And so we were so moved by that that we raised a few thousand dollars at the race uh, on Sunday. So it was a, uh, that was a great awesome. day. Awesome. Now and then, uh, and then for my real job. So, so when I was uh, bouncing around at that race, we also had a mobile dental clinic um, at Northeast Delta Dental. So one of the things we've done, done Jack, is because we don't yet have 200 dentists in the network. Um, we have about 158. We need to bring the mountain to Muhammad, so to speak. So we have brought the mobile dental clinic to various spots over the weekend. So last weekend it was at Northeast Delta Dental to Delta, and I got to meet many of the Medicaid members. And, Jack, you know, like, this is where you thank your lucky stars because many of these adults hadn't been to the dentist literally in decades. Um, so the way I look at it, several, several more adults um, in New Hampshire are now smiling as a result of that effort. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And then I know I'll be in the studio on Wednesday. We can explain this in more detail. But for my veterans friend, and there's about 3,000 of you that are eligible for for Medicaid, if you're not eligible for Medicaid, I'll explain the various options you have at Northeast Delta Dental, including just calling me directly at 223-1300. And if you're a veteran and you don't qualify for these other programs, Dr. Mitch Correa and I will talk with you um, and get and, and see you. So just, just last week we had like five uh, patients that Dr. Mitch saw. So I'm looking forward to the more detailed discussion on that on Wednesday. And you mentioned stories from the starting line. By popular demand, we added a new chapter. You can get that on Amazon. Um, and uh, 20 more runners are in the books, and we now have over 80, and it's many of the people, the local icons, you know, that you see around here in New Hampshire as well, some national icons like Joan Benoit. So that's the scoop, and I'm sticking with it, and I'll see you Wednesday and talk to you Friday again. save that voice. Save the voice. I have to ask you real quick. I don't want you to make you talk. Is this the same head cold, upper respiratory going around, or is this laryngitis? No, no, this is just laryngitis. I'm perfectly good. I'm perfectly good. Okay, I was cool. just uh, just uh, shouting at the races and giving encouragement and things like that. All of a sudden, next thing you know, like you can't talk anymore, but but all good. All right. Take care. Thank you, see Tom. You. All right. See you Wednesday. Bye.